0: And then we're just going to dive right into today's message. Lord, if I could push a button and take this roof away, I think I'd push the button. Just to be uh, covered in rain right now would be really cool. Just seeing Margaret get baptized, just that reminder that you cover us, you wash us, you wash us clean i think of the rain as it's washing away the oil on the roads it's washing away the dirt and the muck lord your your spirit coming and washing us clean i thank you for that reminder right now with this rain lord i pray that your spirit would fall just as this rain is falling that your spirit would now come and fall fresh upon us as we hear your word I pray that you would uh, just speak really clearly to our hearts. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, does anybody in the room have a bug-out bag? If stuff goes down, you got a bag that you grab, throw in your car or something, I don't know, maybe you've been through a hurricane here or something like that, you got a little bug-out bag, it's a bag full of stuff, you grab and you go if you ever need to go. Anybody? Okay, a couple of you guys are ready to rock and roll. We actually have a lot of little bug out bags in our life. Um, when there's a, a need or a perceived need in our, in our future coming up, we put together sometimes little bags of things with the resources in it that we need for that thing. So I'm thinking of a couple things. I'm thinking of like, um, here, right here. I'm thinking of... Uh, This is just a little lunch box, so you you, you have a perceived need, you know in about six hours you're going to have a need of some kind, you're going to be hungry. So you throw some food in here and and you carry this with you to meet the need of what's going to be coming. Another little thing here, uh, this is one of my hunting bags. Uh, I always have all the stuff that I kind of basically need for my hunting stuff. I can just grab this. We went out hog hunting the other day, me and Cor. And I just grab this. I can throw it on. And I just know that I got kind of everything I need that's going to be in here for the, the stuff that I perceive as what my need is going to be. You guys might have stuff in your car anybody got stuff in your car like jumper cables and little tools and stuff? Yeah, you got stuff because you're like, I want to be ready for the the, the, the the thing that I can perceive as maybe the problem ahead of me. And so I kind of get some stuff ready. Well, the text today kind of tells us about a need, something coming up that we need to be, prepared for. And then I would argue, and don't get me wrong, I do myself a little, give myself a little bit of preaching liberty here by saying there's kind of two things that stood out to me in this chapter of Paul saying, make sure you have these things as you go towards that need or problem, okay? And, and, and we're just going to get right into it. Second uh, Timothy chapter 3, this is what it says. But understand this, that in the last days, there will come times of difficulty. Understand this, that in the last days, there will come times of difficulty. There will be coming, in the last days, there's going to be challenges. Now, we just got to push pause, even though we're going to get through this entire chapter. I got to spend just a second on what are the last days? What are those? What is the last days? Well, let's go to some scripture really fast because I know some of you get intrigued by this. Let's look at a couple scripture passages. I would say the, we're in the last days right now. Okay? I would also argue we've been in the last days for the past two thousand years. So go with me. I'm going to take you to a couple quick passages, just fast. Acts chapter two, verse seventeen says this. Bup, 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 bup. Uh, I don't have all these marks, so just bear with me a little bit because I got a couple scriptures I'm going to take you to. If you're taking notes, write these down and you can go read them later, but otherwise they'll be up on the screen too. Acts chapter 2, verse 17. uh, Peter, in the same sermon that actually we shared with uh, Margaret, he says this. He quotes Joel chapter 7, in chapter 2, verse 17, he quotes from the prophet Joel. In the last days it will be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, and your sons and daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Now, he's talking about contextual. He's saying, this is happening right now. This prophetic vision, part of it at least, is happening right now as Peter's saying this. Okay, let me take you to another one. Hebrews chapter one, verse one and two says this. There's a bunch of places I could take us, but just for a couple quick. Long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son. when Jesus comes, there's a starting of the last days. Let me take you to 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 20. First uh, Peter chapter 1, verse 20. He was foreknown before the foundation of the world, but was made manifest in the last times for the sake of you. Uh 1 Corinthians I don't have this on the screen but 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 11 make a note of that 1 John chapter 2 verse 18 uh, John says that this is the last hour he doesn't use the word ages time he says this is the last hour we're in it now since Jesus from Jesus till now and tomorrow is the last days That's really important let me just let me just I think, I haven't decided fully yet, but I think I'm going to do a series on Revelation this year, Uh, I think. It's going to be a short one, it's not going to be through the whole book like crazy, but I think I'm going to do a really short series, and I think some of you will be really annoyed with me uh, as we get into this, because honestly, I have a pretty simple way of thinking about the end times. Um. You know, a lot of people get into the end, like the details and stuff and try to figure it all out. But there is something, if you want to know where I'm going to go with this series in the future already, I can tell you today what's going to be the central focus of the series. And it's going to be from Matthew chapter 24, verse 44, where Jesus says, be ready That, to me, is something that YouTube bloggers and people on, you know, figuring out all the dates and all the stuff, that's the stuff they never focus on. I'm amazed by that. And to me, I'll be honest with you, I have kind of a simple way of thinking about the end times, and it's pretty much that. Is there more that should be looked at? Yes, John, John says in Revelation, he who reads this these words will be blessed. Fair enough read through Revelation, we'll go through Revelation, we'll talk about what some things might possibly mean and stuff like that. But in the end, your end times theology, to me, this should be the focus, that you should be ready for the return of Christ and he's going to come when? When you least expect it. So I'm already giving away my hand on that series In the last days, I'm just kind of giving you a little bit here. In the last days, we're in it right now. I would argue Jesus can come back right now. I would argue that. There's some that would, you know, challenge me on that, but the temple in Jerusalem doesn't have to get rebuilt physically before Jesus returns. I don't see that. Jesus can come back right now. We're in the end times. We're in the end days, and he can come back today. Are you ready? That'd be a question I'd ask you. That's not even today's message. But isn't that cool that we can be ready because of what Jesus has done for us? Isn't that cool that you today, and I put a little note here, make sure you talk to the person who knows freaking out because they're like, oh, shoot, I don't know if I'm ready. Let me talk to you for a second. We can be assured today of our readiness because you can attach yourself to Christ and in our relationship with him by grace, through faith in him, trusting in him today, you can be 100% certain of your readiness because it's connected to Jesus, who he is, what he has done for you, forgiving you, giving you his righteousness and perfection? Not because it's in you, but because it comes to you from him. you That's yours today. Are you ready? What does readiness look like? To know Christ and be known by Christ. Okay, so that's just... Kind of a little bit of a side note there, but understand this, that in the last days there will come times of difficulty. What's that difficulty going to look like? Paul starts to lay it out to Timothy. For people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. I'm so glad that the end times are still coming up ahead of us. That is, none of this is pertaining to today. Full of sarcasm having the appearance of godliness, but denying its power. Avoid such people. For among them are those who creep into households and capture weak women, burdened with sins and led astray by various passions, always learning, never able to arrive at a knowledge of the truth. Just as Jonas and Jambres opposed Moses, so these men also oppose the truth. Men corrupted in mind, disqualified regarding the faith. But they will not get very far, for their father folly will be plain to all, as was that of those two men. I would argue all of this comes down to an opposition to truth. An opposition to truth. Man, as you read through that, don't you just love it when the Bible is just like, oh my gosh, that's so relevant. Oh my goodness, that is exactly what... I'm witnessing and experiencing, there it is. Like, it's happening, right? It's right there. Which of these things is not taking place today rampantly in our society and culture? Like, rampant. The opposition against the truth. This will be the signs of the end. And it's been happening for 2,000 years. Now, Paul does say, and don't go there because I didn't put it up on the screen, but in verse 13, which we'll read in a second here, evil people and imposters will go on from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. It, there, there, you might have a sense of it getting worse, and there could be some truth to that, even biblical truth of, yeah, things just are bad and they just keep getting badder. That's not the right thing to say, but worser, Worsest. Worst. Does this sound familiar? Those who would oppose the truth? People who would fall into love with what they feel to be true? People who would fall in love with their own feelings about things and you ask them, why do you, why, what do you think about that? Why do you think that way? Well, because that's how I feel about it. What does that mean? They're lovers of self. All this stuff heartless, unappeasable, slanderous. Abortion becomes okay. Uh, genders get all weird and confused. Um, marriage gets all whacked and screwed up. Um, divorce becomes easy. People do what they want, a disobedience of parents. Any teachers in the room? How how are kids doing today with listening to parents? Pride, selfish. We got to be careful though. And I was thinking about this, we gotta be careful because although all those categories, we could kinda be like our sin, I think sometimes we look at those categories and sometimes we can create a category so that I have all these categories created but I can kind of keep myself out of those categories. Well, I haven't had an abortion. I haven't been divorced. I do know what my gender is. I do, okay? And sometimes we can create categories where we disconnect ourselves from this brokenness. But what I love about Paul's teaching here is I personally went through this teaching this past week and I asked myself this question I said, Can I connect? Did I break all of the stuff the way Paul unpacks it here? and the answer to every single one of Paul's things that he teaches Seth Kunzi has personally struggled with every single one of those i have personally broken struggled with there's not a single one that i was like oh that's not me isn't that interesting This is why what marks us as a church isn't so much that we're so great. What marks us is that we started our worship today with, no, I recognize my incredible need for God. I recognize I'm in need of a savior. I recognize I'm the most, I'm the chief of sinners. If there's the worst sinner in the room today, it literally, and I really believe this, is me. And so what marks us isn't so much that we're so great. It's just that we're connected to the Savior. We're connected to Jesus who has laid claim to Seth's life. And I don't get it. I mean, his love for me is that amazes me beyond amazement that he would give to me his righteousness and perfection and love and take away my sin. But that's what he's done. And he's done it for you and for me both. but the world's just gonna go on and on with this other stuff. And we wanna be the kind of people who would say, we're not gonna walk in that anymore. We're gonna step away from that. I'm still a sinner. I'm still gonna struggle with some of this stuff for sure. For sure. But I'm gonna be the kind of person who looks at it and says, it's not okay. This is not where we need to be going. I wanna follow Jesus and what he has for me. This is going to be some of the signs of the end times. We're there. But be careful to not be like, because this is what everybody does. Everybody says, yeah, we're in the end times because look at all those crazy people. I'm telling you today, no, we're in the end times. Look at your own heart. <laughs> Recognize your own frailty. Recognize the fact you don't even know what this afternoon's going to hold. You can't control uh, when you're gonna die, you can't. You are so frail, it's silly. Your need for a savior jumps off the page to me. A lot of times we see everybody else and how screwed up they are, and they're like, we're like, yeah, they all need a savior. No, we need a savior. We need a savior. And that's why Paul then says, okay, there's going to be this trouble ahead of us. There's going to be this hardship and trial. What do we need with us in our little bug out bag as we engage that? And I'm I'm going to argue, I mean, there's kind of some different ways you could say what I'm about to say, but this is how I'm going to say it. Uh, Let's just read first. You, however, you, however, have followed my teaching. So Paul is saying here, there's a different way, there's a different way. There's going to be a way of Jesus. You have followed my teaching, my conduct, my aim in life, my faith, my patience, my love, and my steadfastness, my persecutions and sufferings that happened to me at Antioch, at Iconium, and at Lystra, which persecutions I endured. Yet from them all the Lord rescued me Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted, while evil people and imposters will go on from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. My thing, that my kind of one point was, this is my first point. We will need, in our little bug out bag, others to do life together with. We're gonna need fellow disciples, fellow disciples, people who we can go into the end of the ages with. Paul is saying here to Timothy, he's saying, you have followed my example. You have not only followed my teaching. Notice some of the language Paul uses here. He says, you've not only followed my teaching, but you followed my way of doing life. We need people in our lives who we can look at and say, I'm doing life with you, and I want to listen to what you have to say, but I also want to follow how you live. When what people say and what their lives look like match up, when that is a biblical worldview, you want to connect yourself to those kind of people. You following me? You want to connect yourself to people who you hear them and you're like, hey, that's the, that's the way of Jesus. And then you see them and they're doing that and you're like, wait, you're saying and you're doing are the same. I want to be connected to you. I want to do life with you. I need you in my life. As someone that I can look to and be like, listen, you're not perfect. I get that. Paul's not perfect, but he's saying, I'm following Jesus. Paul actually has the audacity to at one point say, I I want you to follow me as I'm following Christ. That's what discipleship starts to look like. Not because I'm perfect, but I want to be able to look at my kids and say, follow me as I'm following Jesus. Timothy followed Paul's teaching and his life. The truth, follow this, the truth was both spoken and lived. Uh, Very practically speaking, I'm going to kind of accelerate my message here and just keep moving, but very practically speaking, our small group ministry here at the dwelling, you should be plugged into one of those if you're not already. Where you can bump up against some other Christians and start to do life with them. If you are somebody in need of some one-on-one discipleship, come and talk to me. Let me get you connected to somebody else. It shouldn't have to come through me. We should be able to do a lot of this more organically, honestly. But if you're just like, man, I just don't have somebody, then come and talk to me, and I'll plug you in with some other more mature disciples who can walk with you in a discipling relationship. We've got some of that going on in our church right now, and it's in those situations where I am seeing God do some of the biggest things where i'm not seeing god work and do amazing things is when we are resistant to and just turning the tv on every night and just falling in love with the culture and just doing our own thing that's where we're resisting what god is trying to do i'm saying what's lean in to the body of christ Let's make sure that we have people in our life that we can look to and follow and let's make sure that we're thinking about the fact that there's people looking to us and they got their eyes on us. Are we being the kind of people who are both speaking and doing and it's connected to truth? Our teams, I think of the team this morning that was here, seven o'clock setting up. 8 o'clock, setting up chairs. Uh, 9 o'clock, there was a group here for our little dwellers. I got people that are saying, I want to be plugged into teams of people where we can start walking with each other. That's a great place to start building some relationships with people. Bible studies. There's Bible studies all through our church. We don't advertise them as much because honestly, we're kind of more, we try to push people to think about Um, being in relationship and connecting with each other. You should be introducing yourself to the person next to you. You should be slowly getting to know them. You want to sit in the same spot every week? Use that to your advantage. That's not a disadvantage. That can be an advantage where you start to get, hey, I've seen you now for the past year. We should know each other's name. So that's one thing God gives to us is other people. Paul says, I want you to follow me. You, you have been following me, Timothy. Good job. And we need to continue to do that because persecution, hardship, struggle, the stuff of the end, the last days is gonna be coming. We're gonna be entering into that. And the last thing that he gives to us, and I could, I'll be honest with you, I could preach on this one a long, long time, so I'm gonna be sensitive to moms. Poor moms. There was a comment at the be- earlier. That song, I'm No Longer a Slave, (laughs) the joke was by a mom that that might be more than just sin on Mother's Day. I am no longer a slave to being a mom. Yeah. Oh, you moms are amazing. 2 Timothy 3, look at this, verse 14, but as for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it, there's the disciples, we need people, and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is God-breathed. It's, it's uh, inspired by, there's the word pneuma in the Greek is connected to some of that breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. The the second thing that needs to be in our bug out bag is the word of God. If truth is gonna be, if the opposition to the truth is gonna be the problem, which I would argue that's kind of the central thing of all that stuff against the truth, then the truth is gonna be what we really want, well, then the question is, how do we get the truth? What's going to be the thing that, that even today, as I'm standing up here, literally, 2023 is today, 2023, you're sitting out there listening to some young whippersnapper telling you stuff. What is it that governs even that? What is it? Do we just take what Seth says up here, just in yep, whatever he says? Or do we, do we open up the word of God and do we say this has to govern what he says? It's, it's the word of God that's going to be that which speaks to us. Now my prayer is that today's message has been a faithful rendering of the word of God. But it's always the word of God that we sit under. See, the Word of God is not primarily a history book, although it's full of history. It's not primarily a a science book, although it's full of science-y stuff. It's not primarily a, a nice teaching book, although it's got a lot of good teaching. This is primarily a book of salvation. It's showing you how to be saved. It's showing you Where salvation comes from, it reveals to you the things God wants you to know and hear. And so as we open up the word of God, we don't want to control the word and make it say what we want it to say. We want to sit underneath it and allow it to govern our lives. It's not based off of what I feel. I feel a lot of different things. my life should not be dictated by what I feel. I see that get people all sorts of confused and wacky, and I've felt it in my own life. We've got to keep going back to the Word of God and let it govern us, let it lead us. Jesus says in Matthew chapter 4, Verse four, this is, I love this verse about the word of God. Jesus says, he's quoting here, Deuteronomy chapter eight. Jesus says, man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. You should see opening up your Bible similar, if not almost the exact same way as the way in which you see your life in connection to eating physical food. There's no better illustration to me in the Bible than that. You would never miss meal after meal after meal after meal. Why? Because you need it to sustain yourself. And I think Jesus is saying that exact thing about the word of God. You've got to go back to it and go back to it and go back to it and go back to it. It doesn't matter if you walked away and you didn't fully understand it. It doesn't matter if you're like, I don't fully get it. It still sustained you. I don't. I eat oatmeal on some mornings. I don't like oatmeal, but I need it. I'd rather have Captain Crunch Day. Peanut Butter Crunch, that's awesome day. Those are my favorite days. But Jackie's like, no, you're also going to be eating some oatmeal. Sometimes we open up the Bible and we have peanut butter crunch moments. Sometimes we just have oatmeal moments. But the reality is, is we need both to sustain us in our walk with Jesus. This is why, I mean, this is why, I I always say this and it's a little bit, I don't even know. I'm always always try to think of what would I say if I knew I was going to die this afternoon? What would be my parting words to you? I think my parting words, I think I would sing Jesus loves me but I would say, Jesus loves you. I'd sing it in a, in a way of declaration over you. And then I think I would just say, keep reading your Bible. And then I would go. And I think I'd be, I'd be okay going that way. Read your Bibles. Be in God's word. Get to know these sacred scriptures, the sacred writings that Timothy has known since he was a little kid I mean, mom, dad, grandma, grandpa to sit down and have your little kid come up and sit on your lap and you grab one of those little children's Bibles and you just read it to them. And the next day you do it again. And you know, it can start to get frustrating because all of a sudden you're over here giving one a spanking or something. And, get over you get over It's crazy. Keep doing it, keep doing it, keep doing it. It can be frustrating, it can be hard, it can be a challenge. But what is, what is Paul saying here? He's saying, your grandma, your mom, you know, he said this back in chapter one, they took seriously what? What did they take seriously? The scriptures and making sure Timothy knew them. So as we go into the last days, as we're in the last days, be ready, because Jesus will come at a time when we least expect. I believe that so much. Um, let that be the way you think about end times versus googling and YouTube and all the silliness that's out there. I mean, there's some good stuff, don't get me wrong, but there's some also weird stuff. And you know who I'm especially talking to there? I'm noticing this. Guys, young men are really fascinated with end-time stuff. And um, that's fine. Let that draw you into the Word of God. But don't miss the fact that Jesus makes it really clear that we need to be ready, which means we need to have a relationship with Jesus, which is something that's free for you even today. And then asking ourselves, do we have truth? And how will I know what's true? I know for Seth Kunze, I want to be around people who are connected to Jesus deeply. Deeply have their roots planted by streams of living water. I want to be connected to those people because I want them talking into my life. And then I want the word of God to be something that I treasure. Just like I treasure food in breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and I never miss a meal. That's how I want to think of God's word. Constantly going to him for sustenance to keep sustaining me in my spiritual walk. I think that's what chapter three here is all about. And it's all pointing to the truth, Jesus. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this time to just spend in your word. I love this from 2 Timothy. I think this is my favorite chapter there in 2 Timothy. I just love it. I love the simplicity of it. Thank you for when, we don't, want, we don't even need the pastor guy up front almost. We could just read it and it just makes sense. Wow, thank you for that chapter, Lord. Lord, um, help your Holy Spirit. Let your Spirit fall afresh upon us, God. Come and work in our hearts now the things that you want to work in us. Strengthen us. Give us courage to take the next step that you'd maybe be calling us to take as it pertains to today's message, God. Help us to walk in truth, not to walk in our feelings, not to walk in what we think, but to walk in truth. Jesus, to follow you, letting your word be a lamp unto our feet and a light to our path. Lord, we love you. We thank you for this time. In Jesus' name, amen.